Oh man. That outfit. I would love this scene. Ooh, I love the Dora Milaje's little tips to each other. She goes, and they all disappear. Their voice commanded. This is hype. This is amazing. Oh. Turn. So beat. Ooh, that unsheath. You Don't fight him. All of us. Do not make us spill your blood. Oh, honey. The drama, the intrigue. I mean, I would have loved to see some royal drama for sure. They wouldn't have warned anyone else. It's because it's a koi. They would have just killed yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. They all have so much respect for her so much. Mm -hmm. That's the leader. Um, that outfit, I can't get over her different. I know. It's, yeah, it's a lot. Before we continue, we want to thank NordVPN for sponsoring our show today. More on them in a bit. We must perform the ritual at Warrior Falls. As tradition dictates. I, I like this guy. I don't. I want you to step forward on behalf of <laughs> I do not. Damn. He's all stuff. No one has more support among the people. All the outfits are so good. Yeah. I know, I know. I would love more of this in the movie. I think he's right. Don't. I well, think we should have had. It's not betraying. Cannot allow. I don't think it's traitorous. This is their ritual. This is their tradition. That's how they do it. Yeah. I think it's just like that she stood for these people and then just to go and fight for them. Fight them. Oh. Mm. I love this Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah. Fight each other. And then slit their throats. <laughs> slit their throats. Where will you go? Whatever my new space suit takes me. Girl, to space! I thought you said it was ugly. To space! <laughs> but I'm not a Dora anymore. Mm-mm. I want to know where Koye is going next. I think we're well, all... I want to know wherever uh, Ross is now, because she freed him. She's, I, I thought mean, he was going back to Wakanda, but clearly he's not. We need we need answers, Marvel. Hey, welcome back to New Rockstars. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is now on Disney+. Plus, Coming to Blu-ray very soon, we just learned of a deleted subplot that would have shown Okoye's plot to usurp the throne of Wakanda. Should Okoye become queen or even the next Black Panther? And what's next for her in the MCU? Wakanda the f***. This is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's weekly Marvel reaction show. I'm Eric Voss. I'm here with Jessica Clemens. MT is off this week, but we are lucky to have joining us a good friend of the channel, an expert in gaming, all things Marvel, all the way from the spare bedroom of the kind of funny channel, Tim Geddes. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm a huge, huge fan of New Rockstar's. I am fanboying out a little bit right now. So, so thank you for having me. Oh, we're a fanboying out for you too. I mean, look at that. Look at that beautiful background that mm -hmm. you were in. Can we? Can we just transport ourselves there, <laughs> Jess? There's gotta be a back door to the blue dungeon over to the spare bedroom, right? Uh, yeah, I'm kinda trapped here. I live here now, so I kinda gotta stick with what I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all are welcome here anytime <laughs> in San Francisco. Oh well, we're so excited to have you on today, Tim. There's a lot to talk about, and we're very excited Wakanda Forever is now streaming. Jessica is gonna be doing a re-breakdown of the film, all the new Easter eggs you can see in 4K, stuff that we've learned from the screenplay, from the deleted scenes from the podcast, Jess, can you give us a little uh, tease of what we can look forward to from that video? Oh my gosh, there's so much. I, I think we've said it a lot and I'm gonna say it again. Please go listen to the Wakanda Forever podcast. Yes. There's so much in-depth stuff that you're missing and especially with the production designer who created a 400 page Bible for the Tolokins. And that she gives a lot of information as to like where they are, how they got there technologically and how they advance so quickly. It is so important to go see that and I will bring it into 
the re-release breakdown because a lot of new stuff is in there. Oh, Jess, I can't, I can't wait to see. I'm what you so come excited. Up with. Another little plug here. Be sure to check out NewRockStarsMerch.com where you can always grab the latest and greatest New Rockstars gear. Our merch partners have recently changed their name to Nerd Riot, and we are working closely with them to develop more exciting merch options. Right now, you can check out our newest line of Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania-inspired merch, and if you order now, you can get the merch in time for the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania opening weekend. Support the channel. Check out our great merch options over at NewRockStarsMerch.com. All right, our topic today, should Okoye have become Wakanda's queen? In the film, Ramona tells Okoye that she can visit her treacherous husband anytime she likes. Referring to Wakabi, Daniel Kaluuya was not in the sequel, but it, it implied that he still lives in exile somewhere in the border tribe, establishing maybe a bit of a, a political strife between the crown, between the throne, and those on the border tribe. The way it is often the case in kingdoms, people who live on the borders are kind of like, yeah, whatever, you, you technically rule over our territories, but we kind of do our own thing over here. At least that's what Florida does. You know, they're, they're kind of a lawless land in my homeland, where really I think uh, a couple different cities are ruled over by, by alligators as mayors. They actually do a better job oh than the humans God. in that state. Um, but that's just my opinion. We get these deleted scenes that are fascinating to watch, including this moment between Okoye and uh, in the head of the of the border tribe, in which he makes a strong push for her to challenge for the throne. I personally think he's right. I think Shuri's war charge against Namor was a bit misguided, at least at that point. You know, she was still guided by revenge in the spirit of Killmonger. And it really was only because of her connection with, really, with Namor and their shared mutual loss of their mothers that they're able to reach this peace and this treaty. But I think Okoye might make a better Black Panther and a better ruler of Wakanda. That's just my take, though. I want to hear what both of you think and what you think might be next for Okoye in the MCU. I um I agree that she would make a great Black Panther, but I think the one of the scenes that really got me in Wakanda Forever was how she begged uh Ramonda for her spot back to please let her die as a warrior. And I think that gives way to how long she's been a Dormelage and how much it meant to her. And I think the Dormelage comes first in their vision of being like, we protect Wakanda and we protect the throne. And I think that's so embedded into her that she's like, I don't want to be queen because I want to protect the throne. I don't want to be the throne. I want to be there to help, not to be the one that steers the entire ship. And even though um, Shuri did have fault, like the uh, bad judgment, even though she did rule with like anger and revenge, I think the same could still be said for Okoye when she lost uh, Shuri. And then she also like, they brought up how she teamed with like her husband who was a betrayer. And it's like, what happens when that happens again? Who are you going to stand with, the people or mm -hmm. what our mission was? And those are difficult things for her to differentiate. Mm. So I don't think she should have been queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting there because, like, I, I feel like we all know, obviously, the the Wakanda Forever story of getting to that movie. There was, like, a lot of, of, of hardships and issues to, to work through. But it's still so surprising to me to see these deleted scenes and have them be so radically different than what we actually see in the, the final movie in terms of plot points and where they were going. And this kind of is evidence to the, the idea that they weren't maybe sure even of who was going to rule and who was going to lead. But I do think that Marvel knows that uh, Okoye is a fan favorite, right? And she's been so well built up in the both Black Panther movie, but then also in um, the in Infinity War and things like that. So I feel like the fans would want her to be the leader. And I feel like it would make sense with how they've built it up of how cool she is and how like how much of a warrior she actually is and how much she actually loves Wakanda and understands it. And we see a lot of that in the first movie um, when Killmonger does take over and the struggle she has to deal with that. I feel like she is capable of being a great leader. And I feel like she, I feel like she'd be a really good pick for this. 
Yeah, I what I like about uh, the way they're building up uh, Okoye in the subplot, and I assume this subplot was initially intended maybe to set up for this Okoye spinoff series that I think is in the works over at Disney Plus, is a sense of mobility for the character. Like she's not bound to the nation of Wakanda or to its customs. She can kind of you know she I think when she's shirking that responsibility, it's not because she doesn't care about Wakanda. Quite the contrary, right? but I just think she set her sights beyond it, and she doesn't want to. Uh, contradict anything that um, that T'Challa's family and his dynasty uh, had claim over. I, I think she's kind of like um, she could be an ambassador uh, in in ways that because you know whenever you know T'Challa was kind of that natural ambassador when he went to the United Nations, but Ramonda was kind of like F- all y'all. Like I don't I don't want I don't care yeah. about diplomacy, but you need someone who can kind of be that diplomatic figure who. Um, who doesn't have to worry about like the domestic policy of Wakanda. And I think Okoye could really do a good job with that. That's where I think Mbaku will find his strength. I think Mm. he's going to be a really good diplomat now, especially that Mm. growth between the first movie and this movie and recognizing that he has to be there for a lot of the people and stand for the people. I think he's more Ramonda than Okoye could be, but like in a, not in like a better position, but in a more, generous position if that makes sense he's he comes with a little bit more kindness than ramonda has because she's lost everything but uh, to go with your other part about the i think that is the opening i think she has more of a storyline as a midnight angel than she does as the queen of wakanda and that is the storyline that i do want to see her play into more especially when that deleted scene is so good of like i'm gonna go wherever this suit takes me i'm like you just released everett ross and i thought you were gonna go back to wakanda i assumed you were just gonna go back to wakanda with that suit but now where is he and where are you going you're now the white vision we don't know where you are (laughs) show yourself i mean that's why i think she called it a space suit what if she goes to space i mean the Marvels at D23, we saw footage of, uh, uh, you know, set to the Beastie Boys music, uh, Monica Rambeau, Nick Fury on a space station. She's wearing a spacesuit. Like, there's a moment where she gets, like, swapped places, right? And I think she gets swapped places, places with Kamala Khan. Uh, Kamala Khan's going to end up in a spacesuit, I think is the implication of that, in orbit around, around Earth, freaking out. Like... What if we get a moment where freaking saving her from uh, Sandra Bullock gravitating out to space is Midnight Angel Okoye scooping her back up, bringing her back to Nick Fury on the space station. Martin Freeman is hanging out there, hopefully with Chris Evans on that space station. Old man Chris Evans. Wouldn't that be great? That's just my hot take pitch. I I think it would be amazing, but it's also like a Mark II suit. Who's going to keep re-upping it when she goes to space and it explodes? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Seen Harry Styles out there, Yeah, too. Harry Styles saves her. <laughs> I'll take that. Look, I'll take that story. <laughs> I mean, she needs a redesign on that suit. That suit, I think, is a little... It's probably unlikely we see her in in the Marvels, but I like where your head's at. I like the idea of getting her out into space. Like that is such a like she is so far been a semi grounded character, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, I think now with uh, Wakanda Forever, that's starting to push a little bit more into the the tech side of things. That's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I've let go of my expectations when it comes to like who might cameo in whatever movie because. I never would have imagined Julia Lee Dreyfus would show up in Wakanda Forever. That, to me, still on the other side of the movie makes no sense why she's in this movie. But Marvel loves to just like fit these that people she's in. married to Everett Ross or was makes married no to sense. Everett Ross. I genuinely was like, wait, what? <laughs> what are we doing? 
Okay. What? <laughs> it was, I liked it, but I was also like, I, we also could have lived without it. I think it was fine. <laughs> we totally could have, but that's just like the nature of the Marvel. I mean, Kevin Feige loves this. He loves just being like, this person's also you best friends connect? with this person. This person used to be college roommates with that guy. Like, <laughs> But I do think that also it, it goes back to what I was saying about like how just convoluted the process and production of this movie was where again seeing these deleted scenes it seems so dramatically different i wouldn't be surprised if there are deleted scenes with julie julie louis dreyfus that make a lot more sense and like maybe set things up and actually have a conclusion to it in this where it's not just the age of ultron thing of like hey there's a lot of plot points here that we'll get to in other movies like i i feel like there there must be something missing with the america side of the story in wakanda forever uh, eric did you do this so they in the original screenplay they did get more talking points but they deleted it out but i also don't think it added to the story overall this part but they she had a longer portion in the original screenplay they just ended up wiping it uh, yeah um and and just i think you and i debated over this where uh when we ranked our phase four titles and i made the the horrible sin of not ranking wakanda forever number one or number two but like i think i think really what that movie would have benefited from is having just like the movie itself and then having two to three tie-in stories that release on Disney Plus that just could have had the the Riri subplot, the the Martin Free, the you know, Everett Ross and 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 Val subplot. And then that way we could That's just sorry. watch the <laughs> just watch the the Shuri story, the Shuri redemption story, I think was a perfect story. Yeah. After listening to the podcast, it started uh, shining a lot of light to like putting Riri Williams in there. And I still stand by that. And I, I, I also love that character, but the Martin Freeman and the Julie Louis-Dreyfus part was kind of, it was weird. I don't know. It was, eh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's just a lot. It was a lot. It's, it's a and lot it didn't, movie that already had It didn't yeah. really help me, but I guess you have, you don't have to, but it's probably best to put Everett Ross in there. He was in the first one, put him in this one, but they kind of just kind of gave him like a little, here you go. I think it was a holdover from, you know, uh, God bless uh, Ryan Coogler. He's been so transparent and candid about his whole process throughout all this. Mm -hmm. And like the more he talks about it, the more I realize how hard it was for him to make this movie specifically because that original draft that he had sounded really cool. Like it was a really cool movie. And I think he wanted to preserve as much as he possibly could from that draft because there was some like really creative there's a lot of beauty in, in what he had written. And I think part of it was that was originally going to be a war plot with like the U.S. invasion of Wakanda. And I think uh, Everett Ross was a big part of that. And oh, so I think war. that makes sense. I think what we saw was just kind of like derivative, but just like just the necessities of what he felt needed to be still in that. Like the scene with Toby Ziegler, you know, from the state department and they're all talking. Like, I think that was a holdover from all that, but really I, I think what he needed was someone from Marvel studios just to be like, Hey, you can lose this entire thing. You don't need any of it. Do you think we see it come back though? Like, do you think that like the original ideas and concepts that, that he had in that the first script that we end up seeing maybe in Thunderbolts or something? Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably why Kevin Feige and Nate Moore were like, maybe leave it in because yeah, I think it's going to tie in with Captain America four or Thunderbolts or one of those. We didn't know that she was the CIA, the head of the CIA up until that moment. So I think that part was very important to be like, 
important enough for us to, so when we do see Armor Wars or even Ironheart, we're like, oh, we know who's in charge and what her motives are. Or not motives completely, but what she... How what led her up to this moment? Yeah, I, th- I think that's why they they needed to just establish that plot point. Which you know, watching the movie the first time, I really loved learning that she was head of the CIA. I was like, cool, <laughs> cool. I yeah. love that she was married to him once. I was like, oh my god, I love it. And then afterwards, I was like, why is this in here? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we see her in Ironheart? Oh yeah, I think they're still <sighs> after her, dude. They're still after her. She's still wanted. Yeah. I don't, right? I don't know. Because I kind of get the, the vibe that Ironheart is going to be a little bit more of its own story and like not so connected. I, of course, there'll be the tendrils and things, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like, I don't know if we're going to get that level of like the grounded the government's after you story yeah. uh, in, in Ironheart. Yeah, for whatever reason, I think it's more likely we see her in Secret Invasion than Ironheart, just because Secret Invasion looks like we're going to meet the president on the show. There's might be some kind of like presidential political intrigue. So it makes sense that we'd also see the CIA director on that show. You know, Secret Invasion is after Armor Wars or before? Before. Before. I think before. Secret okay, Invasion is next on the slate coming in May. Next. And then we have. Oh, the um, next series. Wait. Yeah, the next series. And then Armor okay, Wars is now going to be a movie that I think comes out probably 2024 mm-hmm. would be my guess. Mm-hmm. We don't have a release date yet. I thought it was later than oh, that. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I, I thought I thought it, I, that was like pushed. 2025. I yeah, I think you're right. I don't think we know. <laughs> this whole plane's gonna change, man. <laughs> Any moment they're gonna be like, everything's pushed. <laughs> you know, there is another. Um, actually, there's another deleted scene with Everett Ross. We're we're speaking about him, so uh, we're gonna dig into that and how that actually might set up something in Ironheart. Talk about that in a bit. First, we want to thank some people who helped us make this episode. Thank you to NordVPN for sponsoring this episode. Have you ever had a situation where you wanted to watch one of your favorite movies or series only to discover that it's not currently streaming in your country? Well, one way to get more content options in your life is to check out NordVPN. With NordVPN, you can change your virtual location with just one click, which makes it easier to find streaming platforms at a lower price. We can even access platforms that aren't available in the United States with just one click. You can choose from over 5,400 servers and over 60 countries. Personally, I use NordVPN a lot when I'm doing research for a breakdown. Like if I need to look at a cinematic reference, I need to have access to tons of content that might not be streaming in the United States. But thanks to NordVPN, I can complete my research and get you all those sweet, sweet breakdowns that you crave. Plus, NordVPN's benefits and features go way beyond improving your streaming experience. You can also access games and discounts only available in other regions and block malware-ridden websites while you explore securely. We encourage you to try NordVPN for yourself, so grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com marvel to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com marvel for an exclusive discount plus four months free. We also want to thank TurboTax for sponsoring this episode. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a movie box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes the lullaby. Hope not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax. Full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. 
See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. All right, let's get back into it. I want to know what Marvel's hiding about Riri's computer because another deleted scene shows Everett Ross doing some spycraft around the NSA. This is after Shuri and Riri get kidnapped by Namor, but before Nakia goes down to rescue them, Everett Ross helps the Wakandans sneak into the NSA where they are hacking into Riri's laptop, these NSA agents. Ross uses Kamoyo beads to scan the laptop as while he's in disguise from Clive, some other um, NSA colleague who screwed up some terror mission that Everett Ross was on in the past, but he has to flush these uh, Kamoyo beads down a toilet pipe upstairs so that the Kamoyo bead can remotely scan through the concrete to this laptop. But the weirdest thing about this scene is that, you know, uh, Marvel decided to blur out Riri's laptop in these scenes. Now, it could just be a licensing thing, like Marvel maybe didn't want to pay the licensing for what would be a deleted scene extra. I still think that's kind of weird. Um, could there, just to completely blur it, as opposed to use VFX to just like patch this one little thing or to just not even worry about it? But I, I wonder if there might be something else about the design, because it looks like there's a big red design, something about the laptop itself that might tell us about what kind of tech Riri might use in Ironheart and they want to reveal it in Ironheart. Mm. What do you guys think? Am I reading too much into it? Yes. I mean, you've got to imagine that's what it is, right? <laughs> That like the, it's like it. I feel like we've seen this before with uh, the deleted scenes in particular, where Marvel tends to not even release deleted scenes if there's a big reveal in them, or if there's something that like actually adds to the lore or to the canon of what they're the building in the story. Um, so, having said that, I could see them blurring it out if it reveals even hints at what the suit the new version of the suit is going to look like they don't even want to like commit to that at all at this point and they'd rather have it be a moment in a reveal when we see it in the in the show um or it could not be a suit design it could have even just been like reference to some other type of tech or like something uh, a reference to a movie that we've already seen some stark something or other but um in all the likeliest outcome is that it was some licensing situation and they, they just uh, had to blur it because they're like, it's not worth dealing with. <laughs> yes, I agree. Sorry. I agree completely that they ultimately were like, ah, da, 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 da. <laughs> but um, I also like that she did bring up and I'm an idiot. I um, don't understand anything. You cannot ask me about physics. You can't ask me about math, but she brought up something in the, tr in the movie about like a quantum something that she had the schematics on her computer for or a drive for something she made on the computer. And as soon as she said quantum, I immediately went to the fact that she probably helped Cassie Lang build that device, that two-way device for the Quantumania trailer. And so if there was something Ooh. on that computer that was a connection to Quantumania, they have probably since got rid of it or were like, eh, let's just get rid of it because her movie involved or her series involves Mephisto. We don't need to have her involved in Quantumania and Kang right now. Uh, so maybe that could have been potentially it. Yeah, I like I like what you're thinking. I wondered that too when they said she had to use like a quantum encryption uh, in order to like to encode her laptop, and that's like these these NSA agents would have to and like why use the word quantum? You know, a keyword, it's man. so loaded in the MCU. <laughs> so I like I like that idea a lot, Jessica. And I I, uh, I just wonder. I think you're right. It probably is like just some kind of licensing thing. But what laptop do you have to blur the entire laptop for the entire device? I understand blurring the logo on it, but this is distracting in the scene. Maybe maybe it was blurred just because they didn't have actual assets on it. Like maybe they're just like, it'd be weird mm. to like, it's unfinished VFX or something. And they're like, it's easier to just blur it to release this deleted scene than to actually go yeah. in and 
you know, do whatever they were going to do. You're right, Tim. Although I have seen some real potatoy looking Hulk footage from deleted season <laughs> Infinity War, where his arm is clipping through his knee and they let us see that crap. So I don't know. <laughs> that is true. But, you know, having said that, though, I feel like some of these scenes, like these scenes look for the most part yeah. finished, right? It's like these, they look like they could just be straight up deleted from the actual movie and it would have been fine. So it, it's not like the, you know, the early storyboard stuff and, and it is the Hulk, obviously much more uh, work has to go into that than a computer screen, but still decide, they know that there are YouTube channels that are going to dissect every single thing. So anything they put there, even if it's just placeholder it, to them, they're probably like, Oh, it's not even worth the smoke here. That's yeah. true. I also, as a, um, I was once a production coordinator once upon a time. Uh, in the digital world, so it was much easier. But when we had to send things to legal, they had to approve of every section, so we would highlight it, and it would have to still be approved. Even if it was like a LaCroix can in one scene and a LaCroix can in another scene, they had to approve of both scenes. So if this was a deleted scene, but, oh, get rid of it, get rid of it! <laughs> if, they, if, they had to, if they had it deleted from post, that means they weren't approved of it after, because it already uh. went sent out. So maybe it is a form of something that's like, it was never approved by legal. <laughs> So we can't show it, but we yeah. can blur it out. Um, but I still a, like the idea, uh, the deep dive of like there was something hidden on there that they just didn't want to get into right now. Because sometimes yeah. they do that. Sometimes they do that. They're like, we just don't want to get yep. into it. That's very possible. Um, all right. Some final, just a quick final thought. I want to uh, gauge from each of you. Um, when we're taping this just a couple hours ago, James Gunn announced his full DC slate. Uh, uh, Jess went into this with uh, with Tommy and with Brandon on the break room, did a great job reacting to that. I, I summarized it in a quick breakdown video if you want to check that out. But. Right now, we don't, we can't really tell exactly what these uh, titles will look and feel like, right? Because we don't really have a baseline movie or trailer or anything, any footage. We don't know who's going to be directing these titles, who's going to be acting in these titles. All we really have is just like James Gunn's pitch for it. But how are you guys feeling about the state of DC moving forward versus the state of Marvel moving forward? Do you think it's possible that James Gunn's DC universe? You know, three years from now, we might be saying these movies have all been really good and some of these Marvel movies haven't been that good. Brandon brought this up and it's a it's through Brandon, through Koi Jandro that they both need competition. They both uh, we need the highest form of intelligence from both of them to make really good products. So I think that competition is going to be healthy and needed. With that being said, as an adult, as an adult, I am so excited for what the DC has to offer because I think a lot of their products are getting into a zone that's more depth in dialogue, more depth in discussion. And Marvel hasn't been giving me that. But it's also like my nephew isn't going to sit down and watch the Game of Thrones style of Wonder Woman, but he is going to watch Ant-Man. So it's like it's different audiences. I think it's approaching. So for me personally, as, an, as a grown woman, I'm so excited for what the DC is going to offer. I am going to devour it. And I hope Marvel can give him a, a run for their money. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I believe in James Gunn, and I feel like he's given us nothing but reason to, right? At this point, whether it's Marvel or DC, it's just been hit after hit. And I, I think in uh, terms of what you're saying, Eric, of like, he just gave the pitch. He's already kind of been given the pitch, like starting back even with Suicide Squad and especially Peacemaker, right? So I think that the man behind those projects is now gonna be behind the rest of these in some way, shape or form. And I think that that gives us a really good idea about what the tone and vibe is. And uh, Jessica talking about the more adult 
tone, concepts, all of that. I think that that's really clear when you look at this pipeline of how they're going to handle some of the, the different properties here, and especially being able to play with animation. And we know that James is going to push that to its limit of uh, what it can be. And we've seen success with that recently with things like Invincible and uh, even The Boys uh, Presents Diabolical, um, the little anthology series. Like, I imagine that uh, James being able to have that James Gunn style playing with the most obscure characters you possibly can. That's kind of his tried and true thing. But what about when he gets to play with Superman and Batman? And I think that that is what's obviously the most exciting part of this. The DC versus Marvel thing. I mean, I just hope that DC can step it up and have consistent wins back to back to back because we've seen Marvel do that for years. And sure, we can all look at it and be like, oh, phase four is, is this or that or whatever it is. I've still had a great time with every single Marvel property. And I am looking at the next couple of years and I'm really excited. I think the, the hardest part for DC it, besides just getting the movies, right. Which I, I have faith that they're going to do now because of James Gunn and the team that they have over there. It's the fact that they're going to be competing with a, a phase five, phase six Marvel. They're going to be like, I think that right now phase four, we're kind of like, Oh yeah, it's a setup phase, whatever. But by the time we're getting Superman and stuff, that's going to yeah, be going directly true. head to head with the lead that's up true. to Avengers. Yeah. So the competition is great, but I think the stack, the odds are stacked pretty against DC at this mm -hmm. point. Agreed. I think the, the tent poles that Marvel is, uh, is, is gearing up toward are just going to be pretty hard to compete against. But I think, just I, I think I'm more excited from this announcement of the HBO series that they've announced doing a Waller series, a Lantern series, the Paradise Lost, like all these sound really cool. I and knew like you doing, would love the Green Lantern one. Doing Lanterns as True, True Detective, like that you shows me that the team they have are willing to take interesting choices like that's more exciting to me than like. I mean, what we actually got from like Thor Love and Thunder, which I, if you were to pitch me the movie that that actually was. I don't know. I, I, I what, what? Like, I, yeah. it's just kind of a weird, confusing project of just like cool moments that are stitched together. But that's not the story that that was. It was very confusing. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's true. And what I what I enjoyed the most about what James Gunn did today when he talked about all the the DCU and the future of it all was compare things to properties that we know and love, like comparing Paradise Lost to um, Game of Thrones, comparing the. Uh, uh, lanterns to true detective immediately we understand the prestige there like we understand what they're trying to accomplish and it's more than just put out as much content as possible on streaming platforms like i get the vibe that they are going to treat both lantern and waller um and paradise lost as prestige hbo television shows sunday night main event last of us succession placement uh shows and we get to booster gold and i think that that's going to be more the hbo max streaming side and i know hbo max and hbo there technically isn't a difference but we all know there is we know that if they put it on that sunday night spot it has more going into it and that's what excites me most good for them look at them go <laughs> They're like trying, you know, but they're trying the best that they, have, they ever have. I worked at IGN uh, back in, in 2014, and I, I remember it was during E3, which is like the Super Bowl of video game news. And we're like in the war room covering all the video game news. And while that was happening, all of a sudden it was like, oh, DC just announced an entire lineup of their movies. And it was like, and then there's the Wonder Woman, and then there's the Flash, and then there's this. And we're all like, there's no way this is actually going to happen. And to now be here 10 years later and be like, wow, most of those movies actually happened. Some of them still haven't happened. And most of them have been some level of disaster. Some of them have been pleasant surprises, right? But I think where we're at right now 
is very sad and messy and complicated because we still have years until the DCU kicks off like in its entirety. We still have the DCEU to contend with. And where's that, that point? My biggest problem with the James Gunn stuff today, there was about four different points. He's like, this is the start of the DCU. This, the, um, the, what was it called? Creatures. Oh, Commandos. Uh, Creature Commandos is going to be the first actual DCU thing. And then later he's like, the Superman movie is the true start of the DCU. And it's like, oh man, there's too many starts here. Too many starts. The Flash is the reset. It's just his keywords. He loves using those words. He uses them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll see how this goes. Um, but we'll still be talking Marvel here on Inside Marvel from now through the end of time. We'll leave it there for this episode. Uh, hey, uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining Jessica and me today. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. I got to get you on our shows at some point, too. I would love to do that. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to put something together soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to New Rockstars. You can follow Jessica at Lulu underscore Clemens. You can follow Tim at Tim Geddes. Uh, and, of course, be sure to subscribe to the Kind of Funny channel. They're always doing amazing, amazing content over there. And while you're at it, uh, New Rockstars spinning off a new channel called The Deep Dive that's going to be launching February 17th. So subscribe there. Hit the notification bell because if it's not already on the channel right now, uh, we will sometime soon have a channel trailer so you can get a sneak peek at all the stuff we're working on over there. And of course, subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Say that. Say that.